Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and we are presented by hashtag basketball.com. Joining me again, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? How you doing? Uh, not much, Mike. I'm doing pretty well. How are you, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty great. Uh, the, the season's coming along. I've decided to not watch any Bulls games and let their, their fate, their playoff fate, uh, to the basketball gods. I don't, I just don't care. So I'm, I'm feeling much better than I have been, uh, uh, so far this Bulls season. Uh, come on. You got to watch the great Rajon Rondo and, and Michael I, Carter Williams show. I'm going to pretend those people don't exist. Um, I actually obviously have not pretended that they don't exist because I sent out a tweet earlier today um, stating that Etwan Moore is shooting, I believe, 38% from the from behind the three-point line, and he's $8 million a year and Ron, for four years, and Rondo is $14 million a year for two years. And Michael Carter-Williams is shooting 22% from behind the arc. And Tony Snell is shooting 41% from behind the arc. So if the Bulls literally did nothing, they would be better than they are right now. Oh, let's not mention that campaign is going to the D-League. So we traded two, one starter, one rotation player, and a second-round pick for some reason for a guy who's in the D-League and two other guys who aren't, Probably can't even play on that D League team. They are terrible. Yeah, um, I would say campaign has has definitely been a big disappointment, hasn't he? Uh, an utter disappointment, and that is why I am not paying attention to this Bulls season any longer. If they make the playoffs, great. If they don't, also great. Better draft pick. Well, they're they're not going to get the Kings one, unfortunately. So it wasn't all good. No, um, the Kings really. Uh, did the math and decided to just completely, utterly tank, get rid of Boogie. Their only chance of, of of basically giving us their pick. They realized they could not do that. So good for them. Well, I, I think too. I think too that they uh, are even with the roster they have. When it seems like when they can win a game, they cut their own knees off by just putting in someone dumb or, or playing some crazy rotation that they've never played before all season. And just, I mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you you are uh, up in their business. You are following them pretty steadily. And uh, if you would like to write a thesis on how to tank, I think you would you would write it about the Sacramento Kings team. They they tanked even though they were like, you know, not that long ago, kind of in a playoff hunt. Um, when they made that Marcus Cousins trade, they were two games out of the eighth spot. That's absolutely amazing. They were in a playoff hunt, and they go, "No, let's try. It. Let's try to be the worst team in the league." Well, I mean, with the way this draft is, I mean, I, I'm by no means like a huge draft Nick or draft expert, but when I mean, you hear everyone talk about so much talent in this draft, and I think they couldn't risk losing that pick. I mean, especially with that roster the way it is. I mean, they of course they had Cousins at the time, but I mean they don't really have much around Cousins. So one player does not make a team. That that is very true. Though they were doing that without Rudy Gay, so yeah. And I mean, obviously, obviously, Gay had the Achilles, which I mean, unfortunately, that's a lot of times you don't come all the way back from that, which is just disappointing. It's sad. I uh, always thought Rudy Gay is an underrated player, both fantasy and in real life. 
And uh, Rudy Gay could have been my savior this year by leading the Sacramento Kings into uh, uh, not in the bottom 10. <laughs> and then I'd be like, you know what, Rudy Gay, you are a true Chicago Bull hero. They would probably they would retire his jersey. Like and under it would be like the Sacramento's 11th pick would be under instead of it'd be like the number 11 instead of his real number. That's funny. <laughs> that would be that would have been great. That would have been a great way to end this terrible bull season. But um let's let's get right into it and sadly talk about um the downfall of the Bulls. Dwayne Wade out for the rest of the season, fracture in his one of his elbows. Um he's going to be out till next year. How has this uh, affected a lot of people in the playoff run? But a lot more people, I would hope, are in a roto off into the end of the year. Um, that's, I'm going to call it a roto off. We've seen is a that technical term. I believe that is the official term for the the end of the year. Um, we've seen an increase in minutes for Rajon Rondo. Great. Um, we've seen an increase in minutes for Denzel Valentine, who I do like, um, just in real life, not so much in fantasy. And we have seen a, not a really an increase in minutes, but a, a lot more st- steady playing time because, oh, Nikolai Miritich, for some reason, didn't play for two games and then was off the roster for no reason whatsoever. If they are doing a stealth tank, they're doing a worse job of it than the, even the Kings. Like, what is that? I, don't, I can't explain what is happening in Chicago at all, but all these guys are playing more minutes. Uh, are any of them benefiting from the absence of Dwayne Wade? Um, I think that maybe um, Fred Hoiberg can't understand Miritich when he talks, and he just really hates that, and so therefore he just doesn't want to play him. You think he's because, xenophobic? You think Fred Hoiberg is probably a xenophobe? Yeah, because I can believe uh, that he was in Iowa for a while. I mean, Miritich is is the what second best player they have now he has to be and he gets games where he doesn't play at all and then games like tonight where he played 17 minutes yep i mean it's that's the problem he should have been the complete benefactor of the taj gibson trade and instead he wasn't he didn't move into the starting lineup they put bobby portis in the starting lineup and then Dwayne wayne got hurt and you're like okay well he'll get more playing time because they need somebody who can score on this team uh, he's still super questionable um, had randomly started tonight but only played 17 minutes so I mean do I want that in fantasy I, I guess I don't I mean I do if he's going to get big minutes but if he's not I mean if I mean, he's wor- is he worth streaming in the playoffs Oh, he's worth streaming, I think. But, like, I mean, I, I can't hold this guy just because I don't know what minutes he's going to get. I mean, it's it's like a Sacramento yeah. situation and the fact that I have no idea who's going to play and when and where and why and how. And, I mean, it yeah, just doesn't make any sense. Still an absolute crapshoot. It looks like uh, Bobby Portis played 30 minutes tonight and had 22 points. So, uh, Fred going with the hot hand. But guess what, Fred? You're not a good enough coach to go with the hot hand. So, um Definitely. Oh no! I don't you know. know. I, 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 I would Bobby stay away Portis. from this. I would stay away from these guys. Don't, don't you? Plays Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis can't play defense. 
Fred, no, Bobby Portis gives him his crazy eyes, and Fred's afraid. So Fred's just like, "Yeah, you're in, Bobby. Go ahead." That is probably why he puts him in. <laughs> uh, he's. Ugh. Do you? Uh, what about Rondo? Do you think he? I don't think he's anything but what he's been all year. So if um, that if that's doing it for you, I guess keep I, keep on keeping on with Rondo. But I even in a standard league, I don't want to deal with his percentages. Rondo's thirty one years old now. He, there's no there's no new tricks in that bag. No, not it's, at all. It's it's shallow assists and not a lot else. Yeah, I don't see a huge uh, boost for anybody on the Bulls. Um, um, of, it's not, unless Nico gets consistent minutes, which we have not. Here, seen. Here's the uh, the best question for me. Um, the last three four years, Dwayne Wade has been probably a steal in a lot of drafts, especially redraft leagues, because no one wants to pick him because he's old and his knees are are bad. Um, is it finally going to be time next year to to uh, jump off the Wade bandwagon? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it, if he re-ups, so this injury, I don't know if it's a terrible thing or a great thing. Um, if he stays in in Chicago and eats up our cap space and is terrible, it's going to look even worse for this front office to watch Dwayne Wade deteriorate in front of our eyes on the Chicago Bulls team while making $23 million. Um, on the other hand, his injury is an elbow injury. And he, like you said, he's always kind of a steal because everybody's afraid of his injuries. And he didn't disappoint this year. He, he played fairly well. I don't know why he wouldn't be able to run that same thing back next year. It might be a little bit less. Um, but if he stays in Chicago, what the Chicago's got nobody on that team. So why would he, why would he not see the exact same playing time, the exact same minutes? Um, and we kind of talked about this. So um, throwing it out there, we did do a, an AMA on the subreddit uh, fancy b-ball earlier today. And we're going to get to some of those questions. And this one actually kind of overlaps into one of the questions from um from that uh that ama it's about injuries and it's basically the question was do you take injuries into account when you're drafting so i'll I'll, I'll let you feel that one first um so do i take injuries account when i'm drafting um current injuries yes uh injuries injury history only if you've had the same injury um, for example, like if you've injured your knee three times, I'm thinking that's worse than I broke my hand, I hurt my knee and I broke my toe. Yeah. Um, much, but, much I mean, it's very much a case by case thing. Um, obviously like if you're hurt right now, I'm looking at that and thinking to myself like, okay, when are you going to be back? Um, so for next year's draft, you'll have, you know, the torn ACL guys, Zach Levine, Jabari Parker. Guys like that, that you'll be have to be cognizant of what stage of their recovery they're in um, yeah. as you're making your draft. But other than that, not really. I mean, yeah, I kind of, uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I, I do pay attention to chronic injury guys, especially if they've burned me at least three times. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Bradley Beal and Brooke Lopez. I'm looking at you too. Um, and Brooke Lopez had a perfectly good couple of years actually last year and this year, but I won't draft him. And you know what? I'm gonna miss. I'm, I am gonna miss out on that. But I'm, I, I, after you get burnt by somebody who has a chronic injury, or is and, and at least injury prone, 
should we talk about Brooke Lopez? Yeah, yeah, Um, let's get right into it. And in this point, um, so Brooke Lopez obviously was hurt there for, I mean, what, like three years in a row he hurt his foot and, and, um, he had the same injury every time. Basically the surgery they did the last time, um, in 2013, 2014, when he only played 17 games, it was an all or nothing procedure from what I understand. It was either this fixes your foot and you can play basketball again, or you hurt your foot again and you don't play anymore. And it's been three years, and he's been pretty darn healthy. So I'm thinking he's good to go. Yeah, I think he's one of the rare occurrences where um, he turned it around from his injury. Um, and that is because of the the nature of, of the surgery that he did. And I'm I'm happy for him. I'm glad he's still playing. I'm glad he is still contributing to a pointless Nets team. But uh, I wish they would have traded him two years ago. That wouldn't have made a lot of sense to trade him after he came back and like played really really well. Wouldn't make sense to immediately get rid of him now. Of course not. Well, at least we're, at least the Bulls aren't the Nets, I guess. And and even after last season, I mean, last season he he played even better than the first season, and he had two years in a row where he was healthy and. You would think someone would have snatched him up at a at a high price, but um, they just never made the move. Yeah, and I I still avoid him because I'm still worried about it. Because if he does, I guess if he does injure it, he'll be out of the league. Um, but I still avoid guys like that because they, they they screwed me over numerous times. But other than that, if someone I don't go into a draft expecting someone to get injured during the year, you know, like um, Rudy Gay, I'll draft him even though I know he's older, or like Dwayne Wade. I wouldn't go into the year expecting him to be injured. I would expect him to maybe miss 15, 20 games due to various restings and, and, and minor injuries, but I'm not expecting him to miss like half the season going into a, any draft. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, and this isn't the best example, but um, we, you get guys like Damian Lillard who had played every game for his first three years then last year, like, there was finally a chink in the armor, and he missed a little bit of time. And, and I had people being like, oh, Leonard got hurt last year. I'm not picking him. And it's like, he's missed, like, seven games in his entire career. Yeah, like, you can't – just because he got hurt, like, probably during your playoffs and you're bitter about it. Like, that doesn't mean he's a bad asset all of a sudden. And you, you can't let last year cloud your judgment. I think we do that a lot in fantasy. We're, we're too hung up on last year. Oh, this guy was terrible last year. Well, I mean, if he was yeah, good, I mean, go ahead. Look, look at how far AD slipped in a lot of drafts, and and that's because of both his you know his last year performance, his injury, um, and he has had this chronic like I miss twenty games a year. But guess what? Um, he, he's dominating fantasy basketball, and you have KD who is out at this this late injury and people will remember at come draft time well katie got injured last year i don't know uh if he's gonna if he's gonna stay healthy this year uh that's a dumb idea to avoid either one of those guys yeah i'm with you um anthony davis is probably gonna set a career high in games this year um he's got to play two more and i think he's got I mean, it he's and if we remember i mean there was guys like steph curry i mean steph curry got hurt every year when he was a young player yeah, he had that really, really and, bad year. Of course, he was a keeper, uh, my keeper that year. That was really depressing. Um, and, yeah, he's uh, amazing and had one of the best fantasy seasons of all time last year. 
so I guess my point is I'm I'm drafting the best player, and anyone can get hurt at any time. I mean, so you can't let that that worry you too much, unless, like I said, it's something where this guy's broken his leg ten times. Well, then obviously something's wrong with him. But other than that, yeah. I'm looking at you, Bradley Beal. Look at you. I'm yeah, watching you. You, 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 you. You're not tricking me. You're not fooling me this year. You know, healthy and playing well. Brad not, Beal, not drafting Brad Beal next year. Brad Beal was on my list this year of guys. I was, I bumped just down my board a little bit. I was a little bit scared of because of injury, but he was and one I of think, about three guys. I think that's actually the real way to do it. That's the real strategy. So we're saying like, I'm going to avoid Brooke Lopez and Bradley Beal. I'm not going to not draft those guys if they're hanging around in the in the eighth round, you know? Both of those guys yeah, no, that's are just... draftable. But the, I would rather get them on a, a severe discount based on their history. I'm not yeah. going to ignore yeah, them know. for the entire draft. Here's a, here's a question that maybe goes along with this. Is there ever a player that you cross off your draft list before the draft for any reason whatsoever? No. Yeah, and, and that's, that's kind of how you got to are There are guys that I know will be overvalued, who I know will either someone will, they're going to get, someone's going to pay too much for them, or they're going to, someone's going to reach for them like two rounds too early. And I just almost automatically check in, like, I'm not going to get this guy because I don't want to overpay for somebody. Um, and this actually, this goes to one of our other questions. So that question, that last question um, from Capranu, probably saying that wrong. Thank you for the question. Um, this kind of goes into another question, though. Would you um, reach so – this, kind of, this is kind of a specific question. Would you reach – for um, players that you know another guy in your league covets. So, like, you know this guy loves LeBron. Would you reach for LeBron so you can trade him LeBron and, and, and get more players back for him? Um, this question, in, in a lot of ways, didn't, it didn't make any sense to me. Um, if you're picking before the guy who loves LeBron, who are you going to get from him? You're going to get the guy that you picked, right? Like you could have just picked yourself. And that's, yeah, that's how I felt about it as well. If you're reaching for him higher than that guy who loves LeBron is reaching for him, then you could have gotten someone much better. Right. You could have just drafted the player you wanted and you wouldn't have to trade with this guy for, for LeBron. I mean, yeah, LeBron's a second round pick. So you're picking him either in the first round or like maybe if you get a late first round, early second, you take them in the fir- late first, or you take them in the early second. So maybe in that case, if you get them in the early second, where which is his where his value is, you could package that out. But I'm not gonna. That's not a reach. That's not reaching for LeBron. I don't want to overdraft ever. I don't want to overpay ever. I, I unless I really think I, I'm I'm on to a, a potential breakout guy. I'm not I'm not reaching more than a round above a value. Oh, I'm totally with you there. And uh, I'll, I'll make this point that I kind of tried to make in the subreddit too. It happens a lot with players who slip. Um, I, I use Dwayne Wade in that example because it usually – it happens a lot with Dwayne Wade. ESPN ranks him as like a fifth-round pick, and no one picks him till the eighth or ninth round, and you're going, ooh, I'll pick Dwayne Wade and I'll trade him. Well, who's going to buy him? I mean, everybody else – 
passed on. If no one drafted him. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, you're not really going to trade him to anyone. Like, if you're picking Dwayne Wade at that point, it means you're probably owning Dwayne Wade the whole season, which is okay because Dwayne Wade is maybe a value at that point. But you're not going to pick him to trade him because nobody else wants him. Yeah, that's a great point. If if he if he drafted that low, or if he got drafted that low, there's a reason he got drafted that low. Nobody values him, right? And so, at some point, you're picking a player that is just yours, and that's fine. Yeah, but you've got to be ready to do that, right? I think so there's a lot a lot of players like that where you get them and you go, I know I can't get anything for this guy, so I guess he's just going to sit on my team. But if he's bringing value to your team, then who cares if you can't get something out of him? Um, I, I like to make this analogy sometimes, okay? Um, nothing against people who do. I personally don't eat McDonald's. But if the stop, if the stock drops to a dollar a share tomorrow, I'm gonna buy all the shares. Yeah, I don't love I don't love McDonald's, but it's sometimes the price is just right. Exactly, but it's not like you're gonna hoard a bunch of Big Macs and then sell them for a twenty dollar profit each. You know yeah, what I mean, right. just because that the that's a, a tasty investment and that might be a worse metaphor than your metaphor. But um, like for instance, this year, Steven Adams had this uh, incredible month, but if you're in a, in a experienced league and you try to shop Steven Adams, you're not going to get someone ranked around Steven Adams. Good month. Cause they all know, well, Steven Adams isn't had a great month. Isn't that type of player. So he's obviously going to drop back down. They know when you're trying to sell high. So like oh, no th- doubt. That's the that's the obviously the motto of all fantasy basketball is is buy low and sell high. When you're in an experienced league, selling high is so obvious people will not do it. Yeah, no doubt. And it's so hard to get I mean, people in experienced leagues, in my opinion, get they get stuck into the preseason values and no one wants to buy anything other than kind of where they were at in the preseason. And so it gets real difficult to make trades in really experienced leagues, I think. Yeah, you almost want to sell mediocre. It's a strange thing. It's like you want to sell slightly above average thinking that that player will drop off. Yeah. Um, like maybe Paul Gasol was probably a good move for a lot of people this year where they're like, okay, Paul Gasol started out all right. And you were like, well, he's just all right. I could probably get an all right player for him. And then Paul Gasol played worse. And so you're like, great, I got an all right player uh, and got rid of Paul Gasol, who was obviously crap. But you didn't get max value for Paul Gasol. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously true. Um, Paul Gasol is an interesting case this year, I think, kind of so. Yeah, he was definitely um, a, one of the more weirder ones. And I think we did mention we would uh, in the in the subreddit that we would talk about our top 50. I think we'll probably have to save that the this year's draft uh, average um, player drafted ranking of top 50. We're going to go through what it was when people drafted this year and then kind of go through that uh, list and sh- talk about the surprises, the biggest moves, the biggest drops. And uh, Paul Gasol will definitely be on that list, but I think we're going to push that back until the next episode because we do got a lot of uh, Reddit questions that we want to get to. Uh, some of these are pretty good. The, the Reddit, the Reddit community coming through again. Yeah, we got to give our pay our dues. This is where I got my start writing fantasy basketball, so got to give full on respect to 
uh, our fantasy b-ball. Uh, we do have a one more piece of news. I think we kind of got on a tangent on these questions. Uh, Eric Bledsoe out for the season with a knee, sore knee. Amazing. Real injury or fake injury? 100% fake injury. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, they need to tank. They're shutting it down. They want to give the younger guys um, a little bit more playing time. Does this help anybody on this team? Maybe TJ Warren? Um, I, yeah, I mean, TJ Warren is going to do TJ Warren things. Um, I think the, the plan was to kind of play some of these younger players a little bit more. Um, the Tyler Ulysses, the the let Devin Booker be the guy. Um, I Alex, think that, Alex Lenny is, is even getting more playing time, which is amazing. And Marquise Chris has been looking pretty good for this team. I mean, they're they're kind of developing into something interesting. Um, it'll be really interesting to me if they try to move Blitzo. Um, he's twenty, gonna be twenty eight next year, and I think the Phoenix could just try to be getting off of him and kind of going real young and trying to build the young core together. Um, I could see Tyson Chandler moving and just playing out the string there with the young team and trying to get better. Um, it'll be Tyson, interesting to see what they do. That Tyson Chandler smells like a uh, um, a mid level exception for the Cleveland Cavaliers next year, doesn't it? Yeah, I could I could see that. I could see that. Tyson Chandler reeks uh, of, of someone who's going to join the uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers in in February, March. Um, dude's been sneaky good this year, though. I mean, not necessarily for still doing Tyson but, Chandler stuff. And I mean, thirty four years old, still looking good. So I'm 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 proud of him. Yeah, I think that will be really interesting. That's a, a team to watch. Uh, them, that and young, the he, young core there is definitely a team to watch going into the next year. Did you see that he got it too? He is not expected to play again for the rest of the season. Oh, he's got the knee soreness. It's going around. Yeah, it just 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 today they announced that yeah that they're not playing him anymore either. So brilliant. Um, well, everybody, pick up Allen Williams. And Marquise Chris, if you already haven't, he should be owned. But everybody got Alan Williams. Yes. Probably, yes. you know, take a shot on Alex Lynn even. Alan Williams ever going to be a thing again after this year? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I, um, it's not like there's – it's not like that Suns team is going to dramatically change. Alan Williams – is probably still their best center unless they're drafting a center. I don't know what center they would draft. So Alan Williams is probably still their best center. Unless you get Mike plays Suns GM, our newest game. Okay. All right. You've got to move a big man and it's Alan Williams or it's Alex Len. Which one are you keeping and which one are you moving off of? Oh man. That's a terrible game because they're both mediocre. Um, because he, here's kind of what I, the way I'm looking at Alex it. Alex Lynn is younger. I've seen more from Alex Lynn. They're going to keep Bender and Chris, though, right? So they got the power forward minutes relatively taken up by those two. Yeah. So unless they're going to make Len and Williams take up all the center minutes, at some point they're going to have to move – one of these guys and get like a legitimate you know, something. Else. They can always pull a 76ers and, and wait two years too late and, and 
give them to Dallas for a box of peanuts and nothing else for, for ch- chump chump change. Um, I would probably try. I mean, ugh, what? Who sounds even better? So that's that's the other thing. Who even sounds good? Um, I'd probably try to move Alex Lynn because I bet you like half the owners have heard of Alex Lynn, but like only three owners have heard of Alan Williams, and it's like the Warriors and the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, and, and think, the Heat, and that's it. I think that I'll say that I think they're comparable players in the sense that I mean. A lot of people rave about Alex Len being so good, and I mean, where where's that at at this point? Yeah, if he was really good, you know what he would be doing? He'd be playing thirty four minutes a night and destroying people, and he's not. He's and, not good. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. And when Brandon Knight, man, talk about a drop off there. What the hell happened to that? I, um, I would love to take Brandon Knight with my last pick next year. If he's if he moves to a team where he's going to get playing I would, time, I, would I was going to say pick him up. Oh, as long as he's not on Phoenix, because I mean, three days ago they said he's not playing another game this season, and he was horrendous this year and never really even got minutes. No, they just they just threw him away, and I I think he was done. He was like, "You're are you gonna? Why aren't you moving me if I'm not like starting? I'm a starter. Um, I don't know why we didn't trade Taj Gibson." Doug McDermott in a second round pick for Brandon Knight. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't that have made way more sense? Brandon Knight and Alex Lynn, bring him over. Last year for Phoenix, Brandon Knight scored how many points a game? Don't look. Oh, that was the year he fell off a cliff, um, I believe, unless I'm confusing this year and last year. You're confusing this year and last year. Two years ago, he was in a limited action for Phoenix. He was not very good. Last year for Phoenix, he only played, he played- for. 52 games. Oh, he actually had a good year last year because I was going to say 12. Um, 17. 19.6. Ooh. He went from almost scoring 20 points a game to just basically being told, was, get out of my house. That was only last year when him and Bledsoe were like the most exciting thing to watch out of in Phoenix and over Yeah, and, and then when Bledsoe, Bledsoe got hurt, him and Booker were t- tearing it up. Yeah, he did play well. And and Devin Booker like came out and started dropping 30-point games and everybody's like what's going on here? Um so I need yeah. to I need to see some more out of Devin Booker. But I need to see well, him I mean take a, uh Andrew Wiggins type leap. Well, we talk about bad teams. This this is becoming a kind of a real bad like ownership management group. This guy averaged almost 20 points a game. If you decided in your head, we're going to play Eric Bledsoe and Devin Booker and not play Brandon Knight that much, why this offseason did you not move a guy coming off a 19.5 point per game season? Yeah, when you saw that coming, when you saw Devin Booker on the rise, who was 19 years old, why didn't you say, well, we got to free up a guard spot? Yeah, I mean, and like, then do I'm not, nothing. I'm not faulting them for playing Booker the big minutes. I think Booker. No. I mean, I, I saw a stat the other day that you've averaged more than 20 points a game on under age 20. The list is like LeBron James and like future Hall of Famers or Hall of Famers is like the only people who've ever done it. Yeah, he's got that pedigree, right? I mean, and, people were calling him Kobe last year. They were like, ooh, and, he's like a young Kobe. He's got that killer instinct. And, and so, um, he so definitely playing, regressed a little, but it's there, right? 
Yeah, and playing him 35 minutes a night, I don't, I don't mind that. But why did they keep Brandon Knight? I mean, I just, I can't figure, I can't figure out a reason for that. Because they're gonna, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what his contract looks like. I'd have to go look that up. But they're gonna get nothing for Brandon Knight after this year. Nothing. Yeah, because every team's gonna be like, well, yeah, we'll buy low on Brandon Knight, but we're not giving you anything worth it. You know no, what? Not at all. And the time to sell them would have been right after the last season when he played really well. That's what I mean. Like they, they, they missed their sell high fantasy moment right there, and. Yeah, just let it go down the pooper. And maybe, maybe they did shop him, and they were everybody's like, "Yeah, we're not, we're not going to give you anything but, for him." And okay, but now you're going to get literally nothing, even less. Yeah, like that's what I mean, like if someone was like, away. like he's just going to walk." That's what I mean. Like, why would you not? If someone was like, "I oh, will give you two second round picks and this project of a player," at some point, like yeah, someone's like, "We'll give you Joffrey Laverne, uh, campaign." <laughs> And uh, Anthony Morrow. Only the Bulls would fall for that. I'm starting to think that was actually a worse trade than the Boogie trade. Like I really um, think you can make a you can make an argument. Not even in the like okay, um, at least Sacramento got for, out from under the cloud of Boogie and are, are starting to turn over a new leaf and head in another direction. They're choosing to rebuild. They're choosing a direction. That alone actually makes it better than the bulls just you know digging further themselves further in the sand of of being a mid-tier nothing team uh i actually think it was it might pan out that they it's it was a better trade like boogie boogie while great at least they got something uh, players that can play in the nba back for them and and they got a first round pick in the sense that they're going to keep theirs yeah which exactly. is important. So, I mean, a lot of people think that was like the absolute worst trade ever. And I mean, like you hear those, you know, hyperbole there. Um, it wasn't a great trade. I think they could have got more from someone else, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. I'd like to take a moment now to talk about our sponsor, NoHalftime.com. If you haven't heard about NoHalftime.com, it's a pretty cool mobile app for fantasy sports. Basically, No Halftime allows you to create a player versus player challenge. In most of the major sports, so NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and the PGA. You can basically do anything. You can take uh, Raymond Felton versus Garrett Temple, and whoever ends up having the best night wins. It's a, it's a pretty simple concept, but there's basically endless possibilities, endless uh, combinations you could actually come up. It's uh, different than other traditional fantasy services because your lineup really just consists of one player not a whole team where you're going against a ton of people a year you got one player versus one person if you like uh, betting on fantasy sports especially the nba go ahead and go to nohalftime.com right now and use the promo code boxes that is b-o-x-e-s to get started today i just looked it up brandon knight is under contract until 2020 He's uh, he gets about a, a million dollar increase each year. He's making twelve now. He will make fifteen in two thousand twenty. It's not a bad contract. It's does not a great he, contract. But does he start contract. next year on the Phoenix Suns? No, I don't see any way that he can. Absolutely, especially not. now that they've kind of decided that Eulis is the backup point. Yeah, like there's no minutes for Brandon Knight now unless Blitz is gone. And then, are you just gonna go from telling Brandon Knight to piss off to starting him? Yeah, unless you trade Eric Bledsoe, and then you're like, hey, Brandon, remember 
Remember when we set you for like an entire year and ruined your value? How about you play start point guard now? Yeah, no, that's not happening. So even if they move Blitzo, I think they're moving Knight too. They just have to. There's no way. There's no way that that situation works out. Something has to be done in the offseason here. This is a great team to watch uh, for the offseason. Um, let's uh, let's get to another one of these questions from our friends at Reddit. Um, this one was a good one. This one was ranked, I believe, got the most upvotes. Uh, what is your favorite punt strategy for next season? My favorite punt strategy? It's probably the same punt strategy you used this season, but... Um, so any punt strategy can work, and especially in a head-to-head league. I mean, in Roto, it's super hard to punt. Right? I mean, are you with me on that? I don't think you can. I don't think you can. You, I think you can do it if you know what you're doing. But um, you, I would not recommend it. Yeah, I've seen it, people do it and win, but and, well, and especially in shallow leagues. In shallow leagues, getting a one in a category is super hard to come back from. Right? Yeah, I feel you like if there? you're in a twelve team league, uh, a one is is a death sentence. Yeah, and so that's essentially what punning can become. Um, so in Roto, I, I don't punt anything. Um, sometimes my team takes shape where I kind of try to build up some other categories and let some other categories go once the season is underway. Um, in the sense that I probably have a big lead already in that category. And so then I start, quote unquote, punting rebounds because I'm a thousand ahead. Yeah, like or if you're kind of in a no man's land where you're like, I'm... 800 rebounds away from the next the guy above me and i'm 700 rebounds away from the guy below me well rebounds are not important to me anymore right i'm i'm eight i have eight rebound points and i'm not getting nine and i'm not going down to seven yeah um but so what strategies do i like to punt if there's turnovers i punt turnovers in a head-to-head league um i I think yeah even kind of even in a roto league i try not to pay attention to turnovers because i mean look at this year with harden and westbrook you can't not own those guys but they're giving you five turnovers a game well and i mean guys who get bigger rules and play big minutes get turnovers if you have the ball in your hand some of the time you're going to turn it over right absolutely unless you're chris ball and that's why um, chris ball is great and we'll get into that in here in a little bit yeah and so, I mean, I want guys who are going to play minutes, right? Minutes is the king in fantasy. So it's I never super love to play in leagues with turnovers because I think it takes away some of the value of guys who are amazing players. So um, as an aside, a little bit. Uh, the next thing I probably pun is percentages, percentage categories, um, especially in head-to-head. Each week they're kind of fluky anyways in the sense that everybody has a bad game. So I'm not super concerned about that. I think that the all the counting categories are a lot more sticky week to week that if Devin Booker gets 20 points a game, he gets 20 points pretty much every game. So I, I, that's kind of where I'm at. Those are my three favorites to punt probably is turnovers, field goal percentage, and free throw percentage if we're playing in our standardish kind of league. That Yeah, I think we have the very same philosophy, and we uh, really didn't even talk about this beforehand, but – that's a kind of exactly the answer I gave is uh, turnovers always and then percentages. Uh, something I'm going to I'm going to look into over this offseason because um, I don't have any 
thing better to do apparently is uh, look into punting three-pointers. So I have an issue where I keep track of all the um, the my in my keeper league anyway. I keep track of all the stats from that keeper league for the last like six or seven years. So I see how the different categories evolve over time. And I do a weighted average. Don't worry about what, what my life is like when I'm doing my, my prep for fantasy basketball. But what has been – you don't even have to do that to know that three-pointers are, at, are insane right now. And if you don't have an elite three-point shooter, like a guy who used to make 1.82 three-pointers was a great three-point shooter not that many – like just three seasons ago. Today, if you're not hitting three three-pointers, you're not elite. That has shifted so quickly that I think there actually might be uh, an incentive to avoid to, to punt three pointers. That way, you don't have to go after um, you know because there's guys who do a lot of stuff but they don't hit threes, and that's a lot of big man stats. So you can really kind of a uh, uh, pivot towards a, a big man. So punt free throws, punt three pointers, um, um, and go with a big man strategy. And I'm I'm going to look into that. I'm going to see one like like- valuable. One I like to use um, in leagues where I know the people aren't super, super good uh, fantasy players, but I think it would work even if they were, is punt points. Uh, points are sexy is in the sense that they're the biggest category. And so I think you can sometimes get away with punting points pretty easily if you're going into the draft with that plan. Yeah, if you, I think if you know what you're doing, I avoid that. Simply for the reason you stated earlier, guys with the ball in their hands score. The best players score. And should, should we should we talk about this? Okay, punting points or punting anything to me doesn't mean I won't pick someone who's good at that category. Oh yeah, absolutely. If I'm punting points, I'm still picking James Harden if he's falling to me at the right spot. Yes. Um, it creates values in your draft, so it makes players that you now pick in the seventh round, in your punch strategy, he's a third or fourth round value. But I'm not going to not pick a super stud in the first round because he scores 20 points a game. Yeah, and actually, um, I usually base my punt strategy on my second round pick. So the first round is so, there's everyone's too good in the first round um, to, to avoid. It's like, why, why avoid Anthony Davis? just because you think Rudy Gobert is a better punt strategy. That's a dumb idea. Also, you're wrong, but it's, it's a dumb idea. Uh, or why avoid Kawhi Leonard? Cause he's the, one of the best nine cat guys of all uh, in all the leagues. Uh, one, one of the absolute best across the board guys, because you want to punt something that guy's still going to help you in eight other categories. Right. And so you can't, you can't just say, oh, I'm not picking you because you, you're good at the category I want to suck in, <laughs> I guess is my, my main point. Um, and that's a strategy I think that some people miss out on punching is I'm not avoiding a category. I'm just – I'm not putting it into my draft prep to make some values for myself. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I think we got the, right, the same strategy when it comes to punting. Um, we'll probably have to do a um, in the off season a, uh, a head-to-head draft or maybe some punting uh, strategy um, guides even 
That might be yes. a good idea. So, so if you punt this, this player goes from a X round value to now a new X round value. So yeah, so I'm just gonna throw it out there. Hey, everybody, especially if you're listening to this for the first time, thank you for listening. Um, send us a tweet. Uh, or, or you can tweet at me at Watch the Boxes. Uh, Tyler's at Watsy four 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 four. If you want to see a certain punt strategy, uh, we'll write them down. And you know, if you subscribe to this, it will eventually pop up, probably in late summer when we are getting around to doing draft prep for next year. Uh, but it will, we will save this information if you tweet at us now and want to want to know a certain punt strategy. We'll uh, we'll work on that. Yeah, and I mean, it's just a really easy way for for you to not have to work so hard in your draft. So that's a win for you. Yeah, we're here talking about this stuff anyway. Uh, use this as your super crappy Google for <laughs> basketball. I'm gonna go or, home. Or I'm a go better home. Google because um, if, you, if you Google fantasy basketball online, you get a lot of like real turd sites. I'm gonna go tell my mom that I, what am I now in life? I am a super crappy Google. Put that on your resume. <laughs> so I got a I got a couple um, quick ones that I want to do. And then um, my favorite question is right after that. Um, so these are the quick two. 12-team Dynasty League keeper. Would you keep Buddy Heald or Scott Labassier? Okay. Is it an either or? Like, is the, okay, I was still a little bit confused you, by this question. Is it an either or or is it is this player worth keeping? I took it as, a, as an or – question but then i also took it as a are they worth keeping in a 12 team keeper league just in general um well obviously that depends on how many keepers okay um if you keep three players in your 12 team league all right this is simple math people don't don't lose sight of it okay the three guys you keep have to be top 36 values right mike are are you with me on this Mm-hmm. Like yes. It has to be a top 36 player at some point. So even if you're rebuilding, okay, keeping either one of these players in a keep three, I would not do it. Neither of these two players is ever going to be a top 40 player. And that, and that's what I was actually thinking. Like, are either of those guys drafted in a 12-team league next year? Maybe at the very end of your draft. But that yeah. means you can get them at the very end of your drafts. So that's what I mean. If it's keep 13 – like if that's if you're 13 keepers in your 12 yeah. team league, yeah, I mean I would keep one sure, or they're both dr- of the players. They're draftable. Yes. So I guess I would keep them in the sense that if my penalty was I have to get rid of my last round pick, yeah, I'd keep uh, my next to last round and last round pick. I guess I would keep. I don't know if I would even keep. I I don't know if I would keep both of them. But I'm not even, sure I'd keep either of them. Even, Which one of these guys do you like? As a as a long term keeper, do you like one of them better than the other? Um, even if it's keep five, don't keep them. If it's keep thirteen, I, I, keep them. Ten or more, I would, I would, I would agree. Say. They're 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 maybe top one twenty players. I don't think I don't think I'm doing. Even if I'm keeping ten players, I bet you I can keep ten better players. Um. So do I like one of these players better than the other? Um, I, I like Scal's kind of long-term prospects of maybe growing into a kind of cool stretch four player. Um, I think he could actually end up being kind of a steal of this draft. 
in the sense that the the draft that he class that he was in, there's not a lot of real good players. And I think he could be okay, but I'm not excited to keep either one of these players for, for fantasy. I mean No, I'd have to be in a bigger um, Yeah, now if it's a I'd have to be in a bigger league. If it's a twenty team league, I mean, yeah, maybe now we're talking. I think I would keep Scal over Buddy Healed. I uh, Buddy, I don't okay. know how Buddy turns into anything but a uh, a poor man's Eric Gordon. Buddy is not going to give you any of our favorite categories, Mike. Exactly. There's nothing there. So not a, it, he's not a block guy. He's not really a steal guy. And he's not really an assist guy or a rebound guy. It's what so, you want from your all your guards, not just not just your shooting guard. So Buddy is a points and three pointers and free throw percentage guy. I don't ever think he's really even going to shoot a good field goal percentage. So, I mean, he's a three-category guy. So, yeah, at the end of your draft, if you need a specialist, like, I'm light on three-pointers and points. Then maybe Buddy's your man. But, I mean, I don't ever see Buddy being more than, like, Buddy at his best season is probably, like, barely a top 100 player, if that. Yeah, he's like um, he's like Aaron Afalo, which is, like, the most insulting thing I've ever said to anyone. So so the short Oof. answer, if, if we're recapping here, is don't keep either one of them in a 12-team league. But if you have to, and you must choose Scal over Buddy. He, he did say dynasty, though. So It's a dynasty league, so it's, to, it's to a long-term dynasty. league. Well, and usually there's, like, the roster's bigger, right? There's, like, 20 or 25 people, and you can keep anyone. And then any spots you give back just kind of go back into the – you get the draft next year. So I'm probably – I mean, if it's keep 20 in a 12-team league or 25. It would depend on who's coming around in my draft, right? Like, and what picks I have and everything. I mean, this, All these questions are always like, it, well, it depends. Um, and I just, I'm not excited about Buddy Heald as a long-term prospect. Scal does have a, if, a, a higher ceiling than I could be interested in, given the right circumstances. And guess what? Sacramento's a shit team. So those are kind of the right circumstances. He already did have a 30-point game, a 32-point game. So... There's something. One in your league is into these two guys. Give them away, man. Give give them to them for something. Get yeah, something absolutely. that's actually keeper material. That's my. So that question was two K from two K Pedro. That's a great name. Thank you, two K Pedro. Uh, keep, know, that's that is a great awesome great Reddit name. name. I'm jealous of that. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Uh, this question is from French Bolcho. <laughs> I don't. I'm not even know. I don't even know what that is. This is another quick one. I feel. Where would you draft Lonzo Ball? His dad will draft him in the first round. Where would I draft? Assuming this is a great redraft league, correct? I mean, that's... Uh, the assumption was redraft league, and he is drafted by the Lakers, who will obviously play him a lot. Um, double digit round as a rookie. So yeah, round, I'm not going to argue with you on that one. I said um, if you wanted to reach maybe the ninth round, um, at that's the highest I think I would I would reach for him. Uh, if you look at this statistically, if you go back and look at rookies entering the league, there there's a huge outlier. Cat, uh, Cat Daddy, Chris Dabbs, and Embiid as rookies have overperformed almost every rookie for like the last decade. Other than maybe LeBron, I guess. Even KD was like a top, like a barely a top one hundred player when he came in the league. 
Well, and Rookie, I mean, rookies never perform well. Even look at a lot of guys who end up being Hall of Famers. I mean, how much did Kobe play as a rookie? Exactly. Did Tim Duncan play as a rookie? But also, what's the difference between these? What's the the similarity between these outliers? They're all big men who shoot threes and do everything. All three of the cat daddy, uh, Chris Stapps, and Embiid. They're all they're all bigs. Lonzo Ball's not a big. He doesn't do anything excessively amazing. Can we agree that Alonzo Ball is not going to be the number one pick? Absolutely. He's not going to be the number one pick. Maybe the second okay. move. Didn't the Lakers just have Didn't the Lakers just have a number 2 pick point guard uh not that long ago who was a rookie? Yeah. How well did that work out if is you drafted he, him in your ninth round? Yeah, how is he doing? Uh I actually went back and looked at uh, a post I made at the beginning of the year and someone asked about D'Angelo Russell and I said I don't like D'Angelo Russell. Uh, I was very proud of myself, but I said he is looking better, and he's out from under the uh, the horrible coaching and out of the shadow of Kobe, and he'll probably be better. But anyone who thinks he's going to be an all star is is smoking is smoking something. And somebody I don't remember who was like, "Oh, come on, he's definitely going to be an all star." I was like, "You obviously are an LA Lakers fan. Good luck in your league." Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he was not going to, there, there's too much hype around these rookies when they take years to pan out. Um, I'll also say this about ball. Okay. I'm going to read you Ball's stat line from UCLA this year. Okay. Let's pretend UCLA is a NBA team. Okay. I'm going to read you the stat line and you tell me it's a top what player, relatively speaking. Okay, he made 2.33 pointers per game. That's pretty good. Okay, he had 6 rebounds. That's pretty good. 7.6 assists. That's pretty good. 1.9 steals. Okay. Uh 0.7 blocks. 14.7 hmm. points. Now this is crazy. As a guard, he shot 55.6% from the field and 67% from the free throw line. Hmm. That's a bad. Yeah, that's a negative right there. He's almost shooting better than he's shooting free throws. That's And and that's always a little worrisome to me in the sense that if you shoot free throws that bad, your field goal percentage in the NBA could be ugly, especially in your first year. Well, there there is a, a lot a lot of people who know way more than I do who talk about his release and how slow it is and how he like lifts it up out of his chest and um do you think Kawhi Leonard will let Lonzo Ball take that long to release his shot? No. Do you think Tony Snell will let Lonzo Ball take that long to release his shot? Um, no. He won't. Tony Snell will guard the <laughs> shit out of Lonzo Ball. Um, Lonzo Ball has a, an interesting stat line, for sure. But um, but I could read you Denzel Valentine's stat line from from Michigan yeah, State last exactly. year, and, it's just and I think it looked a little bit like that. Um, yeah. And and are you owning Denzel Valentine in your league? Because I'm not. Absolutely not. So my point being, this guy, I mean, don't don't go crazy for him. If you're in a dynasty league and you have one of those rookie drafts, and he's the second overall pick, and you want to pick him second overall in your dynasty draft, if you want to pick him first overall because you think he's the best player in this draft long term. All the power to you, buddy. But yeah, it's right a I, I'm staying away until it's like the tenth round. Yeah, in a redraft league, 
I'm not even, I don't even know. I mean, yeah. I'm not even sure I, I would be interested in them. I do stay away from rookies for the most part. Well, but, but can we talk about this? And that once it gets yeah. to be the tenth round in a thirteen pick league, you can do whatever you want. You're basically gonna shuffle through those players anyways. Those guys should be guys you drop right. at some point in the league. At some point during the year, you should drop all those guys unless they're obviously a breakout candidate. But you should be dropping your bottom three players. And I mean, look at Brandon Ingram this year, I and mean, he was a top what three pick. I mean, he might have been ownable for the last week or two, but other than that, he's been pretty bad. Oh, so yeah. don't don't. I I personally never draft the rookie in a redraft league, and I will pick them up off the waiver wire when I see they're starting to get minutes, and someone else has been like, "This guy's killing me." How how many people picked up Chris Stapps off the waiver wire? A ton. Yep. And I mean, that's that's how you win. Is you don't don't pick them in the draft. Get them when when there's no value to them. Yeah, get them when they have a terrible beginning to their rookie season because they're rookies. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, quick question, Dynasty League: Would you rather keep Buddy Scal or Lonzo Ball? Um, give me the devil. I don't know. Exactly. I definitely go Lonzo Ball. Um, let's see. This was my favorite question of all all the questions. Not the not the Lonzo Ball one because I who cares about Lonzo Ball. Um, sorry, uh, whatever, whoever asked that question. Um, this was from Bernan, also a good name. Um, this was definitely my favorite question. With all these random, uh, DNPs, especially those occurring in the second half of the fancy season and during the fancy playoffs, would you say that we should start considering this into our, our drafts? And I'll go one further. Should you consider it? in the way you approach the end of your season or even the way you set up your playoffs in your league? Um, you want to take this one first? Cause I'm, I, I think I'm going to take it in a direction. You're not going to be super. Okay. Into. So, so this, is, this is the direction I took it. And I actually have been thinking about it. I've been thinking about this for a, co- a couple weeks. Now I've, I've been thinking I have, about too, so that's good. Yeah, I have, we have fancy basketball addiction and we have problems. And this is what we think about during our regular day lives. Um, there has been an excessive amount of DMPs. This is not new, but it is to a greater it's extent up. than it was last year. It's up. It's, it's uh, definitely it's up. 100% up, and it's been coming up for the last three, year, four years. Popovich kind of revolutionizing everyone, realizing they shouldn't play 82 games. Yeah, it was, it was uh, 2013, 2014 when he really started the heavy, like, you're not playing, right? And then yeah, other teams caught on, and then it's kind of been a thing ever since then, and it's kind of just growing and growing. Yeah, once the I mean that it carried over to the to the Warriors and the Warriors sitting out a lot of fourth quarters and blah blah blah. Um, I actually in in roto leagues, I'm actually taking this into account right now. I'm I'm starting to just gang up on starts and do all my starts right now because those last couple weeks of the season, who knows who's actually going to be playing during those? Because you'll have everyone who's made who's sitting in a good playoff spot. Um, and there's a couple of playoff races, so th- those will be interesting and people will play. But anyone who's sitting in a nice playoff spot, they'll be resting their players. Uh, anyone who's tanking, they'll be resting or who knows doing what with the, their players. And you you could end up with people you've never even heard of on your team because they're the only people playing in those last few games. So I'm starting in my Roto Leagues, I'm starting to get my starts way, way ahead of my limits. But when it comes to... Should I take this account to my drafts? No. I don't know why you would take this account into your draft, and I assume that's because of the fantasy playoffs. I don't think of the playoffs until I'm about to make the playoffs. 
Well, and um, do about, we halfway know, the, about halfway through the season is when I start making start thinking about the playoffs. And we don't always know who's going to be the good teams and who's going to be the bad teams. I mean, we have a relative idea of who's a good team, but do we? I mean, do we always know? Like, look for example, Portland last year. I mean, what was what seed were they in the playoffs? Pretty pretty high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And now they're, they're kind of a bad team this year. And so I think that happens every year. So I, I definitely don't look at this at, at, at my draft table. One hundred percent, no. But I, I do think this is not – this isn't just a fluke. This is definitely a trend. Um, and as long as LeBron is owning the East and the Warriors and Spurs own the West, there's gonna, there's still – and there's there's always going to be a huge incentive to tank. So there's always going to be tanking teams. And I think we're seeing a, a an amazing, almost um, beautiful, artful display of tanking across the league, uh, especially Sacramento. The, I mean, look at the Lakers of Philly. They're doing a great job of tanking too. I think you're seeing such an amazing tanking job going across because this draft is so deep and so important. And there's a lot of really great talent in it. Next year, that talent pool might not be so big. You're still going to have your tankers, maybe not as many, but you're still going to have your tankers. You're still going to have your uh, players resting for the playoffs. You're still going to have your best teams resting players. So I, I do think this is a, a long-term trend that you should take into account when you think about starting, when you think about trading before the playoffs, and when you think about Roto Leagues. But Which, by the way, if you're worried about your playoffs, just start playing Roto Leagues because they're better. Um, and we, we don't have to get into that, but do you move your playoffs up? I, I, I don't know where that ends, right? Do you move them up a week? Do you move them up two weeks? Do you move them three weeks? When does the regular season, does it matter? That's why I say play Roto, but. Um, and I, I like, I like that answer. I liked it when you gave it on the Reddit and I like it now. Um, my answer to the question is this, why, why do you do this? Like I, I play the fantasy basketball cause I think it's fun. I don't play because I, I think I'm the greatest person in the world at it. I don't play because I lose more leagues I, than I for, win. I don't every play, year. I don't play to try to make a million dollars. You know, if I was doing that I'd play DFS and try to make a bunch of money. But I play because I, I, I think I know some stuff about it. I, I think I know how to play. I, I, I wanna have some fun. I wanna but, rouse my buddies that I beat him in the league. And so yeah. to me it doesn't really matter when the Playoffs and I mean I'll play I, I play in leagues that play the entire season right and I I know I'm I'm crazy right I have a problem, um, but to me sometimes that's fun is oh my god who's gonna play for Brooklyn now that they've set out Brooke Lopez and any other player who can play and could who could get me twenty points tonight? Exactly that that is interesting to to me that is interesting the the grind of the end of the season to be like oh crap I need like twenty blocks in my roto league. Uh, let's scrounge around looking for dudes who are going to give me blocks. When, you know, Alan Williams win you, wins you your league, you're pretty happy about it. And and this does come directly from leagues that pay attention the entire year. And, and, and you got to, if you don't have that, then you're not really truly playing fantasy basketball. If half your league isn't paying attention right now um, and you're, you know, either, in a roto league or some of the playoff teams aren't paying attention right now. You're not playing in a, you're not really truly playing fantasy basketball in my opinion. You got to find those dedicated uh, leagues, those dedicated people. And I always preach roto, but whatever's fun to you, if you like a 22 category dynasty league, cause you're, there is something actually wrong with you. um, More power to you. 
right on. And here's here's the second part about it. Okay, just just like in the real NBA, just like in any sport, does the best team win the championship every year? No, no because the the Cavs won last year, and they the, the the whole purpose of putting playoffs in, in my opinion, in any sport is to not allow the best team to win. There's some flukiness to playoffs. Okay. Like if we wanted just the best team over the three months, four months, five months, however long our season is, it would just all be regular season games. And we'd go, well, you kicked butt all season long. You're the best team. Just like they used to do a NASCAR. When then what they start doing a NASCAR, if you follow NASCAR, they put in a playoff because they don't want, they want there to be drama at the end. People okay? love the drama. I get it. I understand why people like that. And, and now so, I, I find plenty of drama in Roto because I've seen at least three leagues uh, be decided um, in just the last year or two on the very last day. I, I, a missed free throw decided a league like two years ago for uh, one of my friends. It was to me that's entertaining. Uh, well, and 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 Mike and I have talked about this in the past. Like especially in Roto, you've got to get a good group of people. That's the only way Roto really works. I, I, I played in a Roto League uh, two years ago, not this year, but last year. And like by the end, by the April, there was no fun because I was so far ahead and like no one could even catch me. Yeah. And I, that's so, why I understand when people play head to head because it keeps people interested. Right. That's, and, that's the most important factor, keeping people interested. But I, I guess my point in saying is, is it's supposed to be fun. Like don't take it too seriously. I, I like to play the whole season. Because that's what the people play, and I, I'm just into playing, man. I, I think it's fun. Um, if you want to end your playoffs a week early because you think that's fun and you think then the best team should should win out, good good on you. If you want to end it two weeks early, three weeks early, I'm fine with all that. It's all it's all on what you think is fun and what your league mates are gonna keep are gonna stick to. Yeah, do so, do okay. whatever, but you know, in the end of the day, play roto. Um, so. I think we could save um, our top ten um, for ne- for maybe next time because we can uh, we can in- in- kind of put that in into the top fifty for uh, from this year and then see how that compares to our top ten uh, for next year. And uh, I I I haven't asked Mike about this, but I'm sure he'll be into it. I I want to add with our our review of the top fifty. I want I'm going to add in a, a question of a few sneaky who's going to be top fifty that don't look like they're going to be top 50 players for next year. Yeah. And I think that is uh, a couple of the questions. Um, the guy who, I think this is like the first guy who asked a question. He was like, who are your top 10 players? Who's going to be better? Who's going to be worse? I was like, geez, man, right to the point, man. Uh, you really want to know the uh, nuts and bolts of what, what really what you need to know about next year. So fair, good enough. Um, um, and, and I mean, we'll couch this next time too, but it's worth saying that it's still a long way out from the season. If LeBron goes to, the Sacramento Kings, you know, things are going to change. Man, that would be great. That would be great because he would lose. Um, that's a terrible, terrible team. Um, yeah, this is all um, really, you really can't make a, uh, I, I make, I start making my official listings in preseason. The stuff that I'm going to use in a draft that happens in preseason. Like I have an idea before that but it becomes solid come preseason. And I don't actually put a lot of stock into preseason, but it helps me get a, get a feel for a lot of the, un, the unknown guys. Like, you know, Katie's going to be great. Who cares about uh, Katie? Whatever. That's not the, what you should be interested in. Actually the top 10 really after you should be interested in like 
the 30 through 70 range. Right. Uh, that's that's really the more interesting and probably where a lot of leagues are won. Um, and, and I'll say this too. I, I start making my projections as soon as that as soon as the big wave of free agency gets over. Um oh. which um so I start working on my projections then and then um what's most valuable during that preseason time is you see like, oh well, this team signed this guy, but they don't really seem that into playing in big minutes. So I had him marked down for twenty five minutes a night, but I think he's only gonna get fifteen. And that makes a big difference in your fantasy value, especially in a deep league. I mean, in a standard league, like, are you owning anyone who even plays 20 minutes a game? Probably not. No. So. And I don't – some people find that really fun to own the guys who have played 10 minutes a game, and I don't. I like to play in shallower leagues. Um, but like we said, more power to you. However you want to play this and, fine game, feel free. And I think and, we got a lot of the hardcore guys giving us uh, questions, so props to everybody who really plays uh, fantasy basketball over – on our fancy basketball, fancy b-ball. Yeah, and and I'll, I'll I'll say this to end it: the what you really want to find is a group of people who who want to play. That's what makes it fun, right? I mean, like no matter what the settings are, how deep or shallow the league is, what makes it fun is finding a group of people that want to play, are going to pay attention, and are going to actually play. Yep. I mean, exactly. any settings can be fun if everyone's invested in the league. Exactly. Like figuring out your best combination to a winning, you know, to a winning team is really half the fun. So if it's, if it's a weird points league, if it's a 23 cat league, um, the fun part is figuring out how you're going to win. Right. You have to be playing against somebody and you have to find a league that's interested until the final day of the season. And it can't just be one or two guys. I mean, I've been in leagues like that, like three guys play and the other nine. No. To, maybe set the roster. You, gotta, you, gotta, you should be able to find 10 guys on the internet. It's 2017, everybody. Uh, I'm sure you can find 10 guys who are into fantasy basketball. And if you can't, tweet Mike and he'll t- he'll find you, the 10 guys. Yeah. It's, he'll yeah. be turning over bar stools, just looking for them anywhere you can find them. Yeah, tweet me tweet me at uh, watch the boxes, all one word. And what's your, what's your Twitter again, Tyler? Um, at Watsy four 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 four. So my last name with a Y. Four number fours. Four number fours. Just making it complicated. Um, so yeah, if you're joining us for the first time, thank you for downloading the podcast. I hope you subscribed. I hope you liked it. Uh, if you're coming from Reddit, thank you very much for the questions. That was very cool of everybody to do. Uh, if you're a longtime listener uh, or a first time listener, go ahead. If you like what you heard, give us a review on Apple iTunes or whatever podcast your app you're listening to this on right now. Leave us a review. Give us some feedback. Uh, it really helps other people find the uh, the podcast. And if you know someone who's really into fantasy basketball enough to think about whether the the uh, the resting of players at the end of the year is affecting the the game of fantasy basketball because they're that much of a lunatic, they should probably be listening to this podcast. So tell them about this podcast and let and let them know that we are also weirdly into uh, the, the hypotheticals when it comes to DNPs because um, that's that's our lives. Um, so, yeah. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything to plug, Tyler? Um, no. I, I I did read your Bulls article, though. That was very well written, very good. Um, so go over to hashtag yeah. basketball and check out Mike's article on the Bulls. Yeah, it's, uh, it's about how big of a dumpster fire they are. And I actually – I think I uh, – underrated how big that fire is i think they are actually much much bigger than i put down there we have to revise that later in the year 
All right. Well, uh, that is it. Get feedback to us on Twitter if you have questions about your league. Thank you for joining me, Tyler. And thank you for joining me, everybody listening. Cheers. Have a good night.